It's Quarantine Tyreem in the building. Eric Bigger in the building. What up, Eric? What's going on? What's going on, man? How you doing? What's good? I'm good, man. How are you? I can't complain, <laughs> man. Bless. For sure, for sure. I was inspired by a little Baltimore club music before we got started. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. I forgot about that. Hey, that Baltimore. was the jam. Hey, right, hey. right. Well, watch out for the big girl. <laughs> hey, big girl, big girl. But yeah, man. So, uh, what's up, man? Uh, first, thank you for joining me. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having for me. For sure. For sure, for sure. Coming from Be More. Um, we're both in the same area because I see you are uh, from Reservoir Hill. So I grew up from across the street from uh, Druid Hill Park. Oh, wow. In Utah yeah. near White Lot. Oh, yeah. That's where I'm from. For sure. For uh, sure I lived on uh, Mount Royal Terrace right there. Oh, on, dope. Uh, with, yeah. So you know where 83 goes coming down? Yes. And then in all those houses over there, that was my house yeah. right there. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a dope spot, man. I love yeah, that area, yeah. man. I mean, it was gritty. Like, the surrounding was gritty. But um, the community, we had a lot of love growing up, man. Yeah. And you remember the guy? What's the guy? Uh, Keith? Mr. Keith? Yeah, I remember Mr. Keith. The running guy, the old man? Absolutely. He was always yeah. running. I think he used to run around the park, too. I yeah, would always see him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, yeah, my uh, my brother went to Mount Royal, man. Okay. And, um... You went there for middle school? Uh, elementary and middle. Oh, elementary and middle. Dope, dope. Yeah, I went to John Eager Howard, which wasn't too far off. Uh, what uh, what year did you come out? Now I don't even know. I think I came what out you, fifth What grade. year did you come out of high for school? For fifth grade. Oh, I so I graduated in 08. Okay, okay. From yeah. from high school? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, so he was two years after me. I'm trying to think if you knew... A few guys, because they used to have the Kitty Disco every Friday, Friday night with uh, Miss Cookie. Remember Miss Cookie? Yes. Have... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Miss Cookie, because is, isn't she related to Mello? I feel I'm like she's sure. related. I remember no, Miss Cookie, remember, though. Yeah, Miss Cookie with the gold tooth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miss Cookie Friday. was super cool. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, I was I was wilding out back in that day, man. Um, <laughs> going to Shake and Bake. Yeah, on Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh yeah, Chicken Bay. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. So you know, knowing where we come from, what what helped you stay out of trouble, and and what inspired you? I mean, well, for me, it was easy. Basketball, you know, Got basketball it. was my life. I gave it everything, uh, my time, my energy. <laughs> uh, it was it was the only thing that kept me motivated. It kept me going, really, now that I think about it. But it was simple. Play basketball, go to school, try to make yeah. it to the league. That was the intentions as a kid. So basketball really kept me focused, kept me out of trouble. Uh, that's why I met all my friends. Uh, that's where I, it was like a fraternity, you know? Like, you felt cool. You felt a part of something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Basketball was everything. Basketball was life. Uh-oh. The Wi-Fi was kind of going out for a bit. I didn't hear the last thing you said. I said basketball was just life. I mean, 
you know, it, it made me who I who I am today. Like that's where it started. I dig it. I so, dig so I got it. a lot of my my principles and morals and just my dedication to life and things. Same approach I gave basketball. Right. Um, yeah, man. For me, it was it was acting. Um, my mother had me in the Twigs program at the Baltimore School for the Arts. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I actually had my first role. I was like eleven on the corner. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You played on the corner. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. My um, character's name was Reggie, and my mom was a crackhead. And I had a few lines, man, but it, it meant the world to me um, yeah. to have that start. And I got to be an extra on the wire too, because you know they were shooting that yeah, in our yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so always having the vision that it was something more than Baltimore. What's up, Nikki, in the comments, my homegirl, Nikki. Um, but, yeah, knowing it was something more than Baltimore, you know, and having that vision, I knew there was a way out. I always yeah. dreamed of coming to L.A. My dad's from Compton, so I was like, yo, I'm Oh, really? Fuck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and my mom lived here. Uh, for years before I was born, she was an actress. So, like, luckily, you know, with you with basketball and me with yeah. acting, like, we had vision to come out. I have plenty of homies that, you know, didn't make it out or are still there, you know. So, yeah. um, we're definitely blessed for that, man. Do you come in from there and, you know, being where you're at now, do you ever deal with, like, survivors remorse like you're the one that made it out you know and and guilt from like helping people from back home whether they you know ask you for money or 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 look at you like you know a, a idol and you feel like a certain kind of responsibility um for me well i really wasn't connected to anything that would kind of make me feel like i owe people anything i wasn't in no gang i never sold drugs i never went to jail so but I did have a group of friends, and some friends are no longer friends. Uh, I, I guess as you, when you make it or you become something, you feel a little bit of, well, I felt a little guilty and shameful because I'm like, damn, like, I want them to have what I have or uh, I want them to feel what I'm feeling. And, you know, but I realized that wasn't helping me in life. It was keeping me back emotionally. And I... Uh, realized was that you know what i deserve where i'm at you know it's like no knock to my friends but i worked to be in this position when i took the risk 10 years ago nobody knew yeah. about me no one cared about me no one was no one was trying to book me for an interview <laughs> I feel it. so it's not like oh all of a sudden i go to la and here i am like i struggled i suffered i mean it was a journey so I don't really have survivor's remorse, but I did at times feel like accountable and obligated to take care of some of my friends who need my help. And I'm still there for some of my friends. I mean, I don't have many, honestly. Like, I have a few that I trust and have been Absolutely. friends forever. Yeah. But other than that, you know, when you get older, you realize, like, your priorities are not theirs. Yeah. Their struggles are not yours. You can't be responsible for another man. Like, he has to wake right. up and be responsible for himself. So once I took on that responsibility to say, Eric, you're not responsible for someone else. They can figure it out. And I struggled with that for years, helping a lot of my friends, not helping myself. I and so uh, helping them and not helping me is where I was lacking. And then when I started, you know, returning that energy to thyself, my life changed. So I don't feel bad about it, it, it you know. 
everyone got to wake up. Everyone got to lay in the bed. They, they make it. It's all good if you just have a little bit of faith and belief in yourself. Absolutely. You can't save, you can't save no one, you know? You only can be there for them if they need you, but, you know, yeah. you just got to let things be as they are, not how you see them sometimes. Yeah, man, that's that's real. I definitely um, have dealt with that and a sense of obligation um, just because I'm a given person, man, just by nature. Yeah. And, um, you know, my love language is acts of service. So, like, when my girl, I'm like that, like, she know anything she needs. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And when my mom was alive, you know, like before she passed, I was, if she needed laundry done, I was doing laundry. I was running to the grocery store. Like, that's just me. I think that, like you said, you have to compartmentalize that and like only do it for people that reciprocate, like your real close circle. Um, and take care of yourself first, man. Self care is so important. Yeah, and, you know, I know. Absolutely. And I know you're really big on energy. So, you know, if you depleting all your energy elsewhere and not saving enough for yourself, what you think going to happen, you know? Yeah, and I mean, um, and it happened to me. I failed. I failed multiple times. So <laughs> I am I can relate. I failed multiple times putting myself last and putting everybody else first. Mm -hmm. So it, it happened. Yeah. So that's why I have those experiences that say, you know what? This is not working. Absolutely. And, you know, you put the energy back into yourself and things change for sure for sure man yeah man i saw um you had a video on youtube about uh feminine energy and yeah. i was raised by three wonderful women um and you know i i had like the father figures of my uncle and all but they really taught me how to be a man and, and, and strength and i think in uh in the black community specifically there's a lot of toxic masculinity where we have to overcompensate all the time and be macho or whatever um, society standard of what masculinity is, right? And, you know, you're one of the few people I saw speak on that. So I would love for you to elaborate to the people watching, like, what your, what your perspective is. Well, I think um, as a man, you know, coming from Baltimore, you don't know no other way but to be dominant, to be strong, to take care of things, to not be emotional, uh, to look out for everybody else and be the leader of the household, be that man, right? right? And you grow and you get older and you realize, well, at least for me, I was overcompensating. Like I was too much in my masculine energy. I didn't yeah. know how to allow my other side to come to the surface and be more submissive and be more vulnerable and be more accepting of having someone help me and honestly you know once I got on the show and really opened up and allowed myself to receive love and support <laughs> again my yeah. life changed because there was a balance I wasn't overcompensating in this one area of masculinity because I felt that I was safe enough to receive and be in a more feminine type of space energetically so I just think it's important to know thyself, understand um, the energy we give off. Uh, is it time to give? There's a time to receive. There is a time to talk. And there's a time yeah. to listen. And just right. really understanding that dynamic. Dynamic. And so for me, it, it took some time, but I got it, you know, somewhat. And it's still a challenge at times, but I'm open to receive. I'm open to, you know, 
listen more and allow other people to lead. I'm really good at leading, you know? Yeah, so I'm, I see. I'm, I'm good at listening as well. So I'd rather someone else make a decision. I'm always making decisions. It just yeah. makes it better when more people are uh, contributing to just life. Yeah, it's everything. about balance. Yeah, it's balance. about balance at the end of the day. Because definitely, like being a leader, you do have the tendency to like want control, right? But sometimes you gotta let go and delegate, and especially you if you have a partnership or you have a team. Like it's you know, even me in the process of me building this podcast, and I just shot my first uh, short film. Like it, it I had to learn how to delegate. It's people yeah. that are way better and doing a task that I'm not, that I need to be humble enough to be like, yo, I need your help on this. I need your help on editing. I yeah, need your help yeah, on whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just receive. And, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'm a big believer in karma. So, you know, I look out for them as well. And yeah. it comes full circle. Yeah, the um, law of circulation, man. Give, receive, and it comes back. It's all one sure. circle. For sure, for sure, man. So... Um, as we know, you, you made it on uh, Bachelor season 13. Yeah, um, the Bachelorette, yep. The Bachelorette, I'm sorry. Uh, and you were competing for Rachel Lindsay. How, how was that experience, man? I mean, you know, you, you being on the show, you got all these dudes, you know, it's a lot of testosterone going on, fighting yeah. for the love of one woman. Um, what was that process like from you, you know, from the beginning, you getting casted and well, for me, uh, I was more curious as to why am I here? Like, what is this about? How did I, how did I attract this experience into my life? So that yeah. was my intention going into it. When I got there, it was a lot of guys. A lot of guys who had their shit together, who were tall, who worked out, who looked good, who had it going on. Yeah. Um, so that, I felt out of place. And then I was realizing, you know, when you get in there, you don't really know. You just, you're just there. For the yeah. first two hours, I didn't drink. You know, I was like, I'm not drinking. And I was like, all right, I need, I need to relax. I need to get a drink. I need to just be a person and just live a little. Right. And, uh, you know, over time, I realized there really was no fight for nobody. There really was no competition. The only competition was myself. Got so it. I was really there for... Uh, transformation, uh, metamorphosis uh, experience for myself because that's what I went through. I came in a boy and left a man because I had to grow up. I had to learn some things about myself. I was challenged multiple times. Yeah. Um, I questioned, you know, is, is, is this real? You know, is it, will I fall in love? Does she like me? You know, you, I mean, because on the show, all you really have is your mind and your heart and whatever your belief system is. You don't right. have a phone. You don't have friends to contact. You don't have family members to speak on or about. I mean, you just got to figure it out. It's kind of right. like they put you in boarding school and you, you, you're away. <laughs> it's like, go figure you out by yourself. So right. honestly, man, it was like free self-therapy. Like, we had a therapist there. Um, the producers was kind of like helping us understand our feelings and our thoughts. So with me, I'm, I'm so analytical. I can get to something really quick in my mind about myself. Once I yes. have more information or the right questions to open me up, like, oh, okay, so this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm saying that. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was a transformation for me, man. Yeah, awareness and mindfulness. Yeah. 
I'm happy I did it. It changed my life. And it wasn't what I got out of the show. It was what I became. And I think that was the most important thing for me. I fell in love so, for the first man. time. I got my miracle. And I took off after that. So shout yeah. out to ABC. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I hope they watching. Love. I know, I know yeah. your fans are here watching. And Rachel ABC. Lindsay. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, man. That's real, though. Like you said, you can go into something um, that, you know, is a project or whatever, and you, and you have an expectation, and then you end up learning something about yourself and it ends up being a growth process. You yeah, know? and I didn't even have um, an expectation. I, was, I had appreciation. I was thankful to be there. That's like, dope. shit, all right, I'm here. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Um, so I know you're uh one of your one of your um go-to people for inspiration is Tony Robbins, man. Um I would say mine's is like Gary Vee and David Goggins. I really yeah. like those cats, man. But um what about Tony Robbins do you like and inspires you and do you see some of that in yourself? Is that why um, that's your, your guy? Yeah, I just, the conviction in his voice when he speaks, um, his level of certainty, um, his belief in humanity and helping people, and just that strong desire and faith to right, make a difference in someone's life. And I gravitated to that because he changed my life <laughs> through a computer or a phone, YouTube. Yeah reading his books, watching his documentaries and biography. So, yeah, man, I just think he has that innate strength and uh, power to, you know, alter change in someone and make someone feel and get to where they need to get to for their benefit. So it was, it, it's amazing that, you know, I thank God for his presence and his expertise and his knowledge because that's what I model a lot of my things after by just reading his books and watching how he maneuvers and how he talks and how he presents himself. He's very certain. He's very, he's, he doesn't play the middle. It's like, yeah, we even here or there. Right. He has a thing. He's like, you got to burn the boats. If you're stuck on an Island and you can't find a way back, burn the boats. You don't need the boats because the boats was a distraction to keep you away from figuring it out. And wow. sometimes we don't have a lifeline. We don't have help. But when you don't yeah. have help, more than likely, if you have enough faith, you can figure it out. And that is yeah. just a testament of my life. You know, right. I didn't have a lot of help in different ways growing up, but I had enough faith and I was able to figure things out and things, you know, came into my life. Yeah. And that's how you awaken the giant within, right? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Awaken you got the giant it. That pressure. Absolutely. Great that book. pressure. Absolutely, man. Um, so I know you have a, a podcast as well, Bigger Talks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what it, what what inspired you to do a podcast? I mean, you do everything. We'll get to, you know, um, you being a personal trainer. I know you're all about health and wellness, a motivational speaker as well. Um, what, what, what inspired you to do the podcast? You know, <laughs> some like, I mean, some things in life, oh, okay. um, they just come to you, right? Yeah. And, and uh, always in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? I, I want a podcast. I like Lewis Howes. I like Gary Vee's podcast. Yeah. Um, David Meltzer has one. 
Tony Robbins, right. uh, Mel Robbins, uh, a lot of these people got podcasts, right? But the thought of having one, someone put the idea in my head. We created a like outline of it. We took it to a studio, Podcast One, shouts out to them. They gave me the shot. And it was like, we walked in and in 15 minutes, I got a deal. It was wow. like, wow. I mean, um, I mean, let me show you guys around. My manager and I went in there. Let me show you. It's like, wow. That's uh, dope. I probably had it for like six to seven months. And um, from there, it was just, that was what. But the conversations on the podcast is bigger talks. You want to have bigger conversations about life, about struggles, yeah. about humanity, politics, sex, race, religion, all these things that right. sometimes it's uncomfortable for people to talk about for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, you know, I put off some uh, episodes like the end of last year, and then I just re-released some other episodes on other people's podcasts that, that okay. went out a few, a few weeks ago, and I put up one today. So it's just a, it's just a platform, man. I think it's important yeah. to have it because if I want to have a discussion or like say, Vincent, you put this on your podcast, I can put this yeah. on my platform. Right. This conversation go up and this can give you acknowledgement and notoriety or whatever. And yeah, it's just a platform, just like Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes your voice, a voice, sometimes the voice needs to be heard. So the face can be seen. Right. That makes sense. Because people see you, but they don't want to hear you. But if they hear you and you have something to say, then they have to see you. Like, oh, I like I this see. guy. Let me go check him out. Absolutely. So that's, that's the beauty of having a podcast. Yeah, man. That's, that's real. Um, it's so powerful that we have these platforms now. I mean, we grew up, we can remember when there was no Facebook or Instagram or, you know, yeah. um, I even remember having the flip phone. Like, I had the Boost Mobile before as the camera phone, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we we are blessed where, you know, before if you wanted to be a rapper, you wanted to get a deal. Now you can put your shit on SoundCloud and Instagram and, you know, so any dream that you have um, and not even really dream career path, you can actually make it happen. And, um, you know, you were saying with bigger talks, like, having bigger conversations like people it's so important to have a voice a reason you know not the the stuff we see going on when people are just arguing back and forth and it's no real discussion or debate um it's more like a shouting match but the positive side of social media where you can use the power you have in the platform to voice your opinion and inspire people and put out positive messages and um, even when you're doing this with me, like giving other people opportunities, you know, it's it's a really dope thing and opportunity that we have. Um, yeah. And I think it comes with great responsibility. Yeah. I mean, know? I don't I don't want to kind of dictate the, the narrative of this podcast or this interview, but uh, something came to my mind when you said what you just said. And it was the last dance. Uh, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what episode it was. I don't know if it was nine or ten, but the the, the part of the documentary was about Steve Kerr and his okay. dad. And oh, wow. I actually cried in that moment post his dad passing away. It was when they had, I think it was game six. Game okay. six was, game six or seven when they was gonna win the championship. And Steve Kerr was struggling that game. He was missing shots, and Mike looked at him. 
And Mike said, Steve, ready? Steve's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, I'm coming to you. And then in that moment, Jordan dribbles, double team. He up fakes. He stepped through. Dad goes, care. Gosh. And I'm like, and got it. wow. And it, the beautiful thing for me for that was that Michael Jordan allows someone else to have their moment. Yeah. And by having that moment, that I guarantee that changed Steve's career, his perception Absolutely. of himself. And I now, I now look at him different. Yeah. Because of that moment. So it was just beautiful because I love when you let somebody else shine or you put someone in a position where they can shine because it feels good and he hit the game winner. Sure. It's like we won a championship. Shout sure. out to Steve. For it's sure. a team effort, you know? Like, so. I just think that was beautiful, man, and that's what it's about. I, I mean, what's the it. point of having everything if you can't give anything? I appreciate it. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. That's that's perspective, man. And I mean, I might have to rename the podcast to Alley Hoop. You threw me the Alley. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Alley Hoop, and I got baby. It in there. And I but got it's in love. There. You just never know. Absolutely. Like, like you know. So I'm thankful for any opportunity I can, you know, connect with someone and just talk life. I think that's important. Yeah, man. That's oh. real shit, man. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man. Life is important. Spirituality is important. Um, I know you're into angel numbers. 11, mm -hmm. 11. I see yeah. 11, 11 all the time. Now, my birthday, I know you're in March, so you're a Pisces. Yeah. So, March 9th, 1988. Yep. Guess, guess what my birthday is? Uh, I don't know. March 8th? It, nah, nah. It's uh, January 8th, but it's 1888. So oh, if wow. you if you were into eight, angel numbers, so one eight so one eight eighty eight. I'm January eighth, nineteen eighty eight. Oh wow! So yeah. that's one nine ten ten eight is eighteen, eighteen and eight is sixteen. So that's twenty six. Two and six is eight. Eight and yeah. eight is what sixteen. 16, 16 yeah. and one is what seventeen. Guess what yeah. one plus seven is? Eight. That's <laughs> my life. <laughs> that's my life number. <laughs> That's a powerful number, man. For eight. life, yeah. I, I, I get along with a lot of eights. Eights, uh, eight represents uh, infinity to beyond. Uh, it's power. But number eights, you got to really notice, they master master the art of success. So got it. 50 Cent is a number eight. The oh, Rock wow. is a number eight. I believe Steve Wynn, who kind of created Vegas, is an eight. Wow. They're very money conscious. They can make a lot of money and they can spend a lot of money. Yeah. Their challenge at times is their mind, is their thinking. They can overthink some things, um, yeah. but they're powerful. The baby, the rapper, he's an eight. Wow. Uh, yeah. The baby eight. is lit too. He he's really yeah. um more than his persona. Like you yeah. can tell he's actually smart. And you can tell That's, he thinks. Yeah. Right. Right. That's good Definitely. company, man. Yeah. 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 You That's, got it, brother. Um, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I um I really respect 52, man. I love everything that Did you get his doing. book? Did you read it? Uh the oh, power of the dollar. Was it the No, power? no, no. This one this one is the newest one. So Shane I, uh Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Got it. I didn't get it yet. No. I saw it though. Get I saw it? the advertisement. It's dope. Okay. I gotta <laughs> he's dropping some jewels. Hey, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, I, I've read a lot of books. Yeah. It's going to change your life. Okay. He's giving, like, raw details on how to maneuver and how to move and 
all of life and entertainment, business, powerful. Okay. So I'm you definitely got to lock in, bro. And listen to it because you I mean you might want to read it as well. But yeah. the listening, the audio version is probably better because it's him talking. So you have more of an oh, emotional shit. connection From, to him because he talks. Yeah. It's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talks about no, everything. That kind of stuff is important too. Like you can yeah. hear the inflictions in his voice, his tone, like how he, you know, getting yeah. from his perspective is nothing better. Uh, he Damn, has a chap he got chapters like the power of uh, perception. Uh if we can't be friends, can we be enemies? Uh he has a chapter about there wow. building out your team. He has something okay. called the homeboy complex, how that can get you, you know, hurt or put it in a position you don't want to be in. I mean, he right. gives it all. He talks about his family, his son, how family is like his biggest fear. Like, it's yeah. dope, bro. Like, it's a great book. I'm some, I'm pretty okay. sure it should be a bestseller. Like, it's a, it's a phenomenal book. I'm sure, man. That sounds amazing. I'm going to definitely check it out. Um, you were talking about being impeccable, and it made me think of one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements. Yeah. Um, and being impeccable with your word. Yeah. Um, and even, like, I mean, my mom had me on that stuff young. Like, one of the first books I read about the law of attraction was The Secret. Oh, wow. And just really learning the power of what you say out your mouth can and will happen. And um, it's so much power in that, man. You know, you look at somebody like him coming up, him already telling you that he's going to be a millionaire, him already telling you that he's going to dominate Hollywood and go from rap. Um I think that's a wonderful feeling. I was talking about doing this podcast for a minute. And once this whole pandemic hit, I just started doing lives. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this into, I'm going to take the lives and turn that into a podcast. And yeah. Like, so how do you I, get the audio from the live and transcribe it to the platform? How does that it's, work? It's a program my girl uses on the MacBook that'll strip any audio from, from video. I'll, I'll shoot What's the name of that program? Because I, I can do that with all my energy. She can put it in the. Um, I'll tell her to put it in the chat because yeah. she's in here. But uh, yeah. yeah, man. So that that definitely and it it cuts your work. In. Okay, she didn't say it yet. But um, yeah, it cuts your work in half, man. Work work smarter, not harder. You know. There we so, go. That's what he says. Hustle smarter, not harder. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but so, yeah, man. So, um. I think that, you know, right now with it being um, Mental Health Awareness Month and people are going through it, you know, how are you, what is your day-to-day -day like that you're keeping and maintaining? What would your advice be for artists, creatives, um, and people that, you know, their, their production is halted right now, so they don't know what to do? Um, what would your process be? i just say, you know, there's a new book that I have called Stillness is the Way. Yes. And um, just being still, being present, and just taking everything in, but really getting to the root of who you are and asking yourself some empowering questions and being about what you feel instead of what you think you should have. Because I think prior to this experience of the pandemic, we have program and condition ourselves to want things that we think we might want but now being in this position we probably don't even want them the same things you right. know some people are probably going to be in relationships once we get back to living some people are probably going to take their jobs more seriously you know yeah. some people are going to 
have more compassion for themselves and others, be more open and honest and follow their gut and intuition more and not wait until a tragic or, you know, something like this to happen. Absolutely. So I just think, you know, really getting to the root of, you know, who you are. Um, If you have some type of faith background or belief, you know, meditate on that. Yeah. Just do something, do positive things with your life, work on yourself, coach yourself, um, get perceptions about yourself, like really figure you out because honestly, the end of the day, this is your life. Yeah. I always say, no one owes you anything, but you what? owe yourself everything. Your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, boyfriend, friend, foe, nobody owes you anything. What? You owe yourself everything. So when you can move and live from that perspective, you don't live for expectation. You live for appreciation. You don't you don't go out and think something should happen because of a title you have or because of who you think you are, because of the material possessions or the money you might have. Right. You have you're more humble about things, but you appreciate it more. And I just think, you know, we gotta really find out who are we. I think we don't ask that question enough. It's more about I'm a trainer, T V personality, I'm a podcast host. I'm a uh, dental hygienist, um, yeah. a lawyer. Okay, if those yeah. things are taken from you, now who are you? At your core. Yeah, so yeah. I think we got to get to that, man. And I think that will, the more awareness you have about yourself, the more confidence you will have. And you won't be in this rat race of trying to do things because you're more sure of who you are. And things yeah. that come to you, you don't have to go get them. So, Right. Yeah, that's why spirituality is so important. Yeah. And being in tune with yourself where you're not dependent on outside entities or entertainment, you know, and things that superficial things that we used to make us happy. And like we were saying, you know, like prior to this, you know, we probably would have been going out on a Friday night or, you know, whatever, however you spent your time. And now you're not doing those things. What do you want to do? Um, to be productive, to replace those things and going back to the normal, which I, I don't think it's ever going to be really normal, yeah. but the new normal. <laughs> um, those, what what are you going to leave behind that you realize that you really didn't need to do? Yeah. Um, so that that book is great. Um, and I, I want you to put that in the chat when you get a chance so people can check it out. Um, the Sitting Still says Sitting Still. Oh, yeah. Stillness is the way. And, you know, he does research on, like, John F. Kennedy, Tiger Woods. And, I mean, I'm just getting started. He just some names he's throwing out. Marcus Aurelius. And just how stillness is power, right? Like, the more still you are, the more calm you are, the more powerful you are. And he really, he preaches being stoic. Stoic, uh, yeah, being stoic. Like, not too emotional or controlled by outside events. That if things happen, you don't allow those emotions to charge in you that it takes you out of character. So it's just about having mental discipline and just being more centered and uh, understanding that, you know, you you don't have to respond, but you can react. You you don't have to react, but you can respond. But you can respond, yeah. You know, because most times we're reacting. Oh, what would you say to me? It's like, whoa, relax. (laughs) Right. Take a pause for the car. Take a deep breath. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so what's going on here? How can I help you? <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's all about that peace within, and uh, it it helps you 
get to you. Stillness is the way. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Man. Um, yeah, man. That's that. Like, I know you um do the motion boot camp, but mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta you gotta really be um get your feelings intact. You know, like that goes right back to energy. You know, not just reacting. You know. It's been times where I could have been in some fights, especially growing up, like mm-hmm. just reacting. We know people can get really hurt like that, killed like that. You know, situations get blown out of control and you have to learn how to think long term and not just react to something. When yeah. somebody is doing something uh, to you that you feel is offensive or disrespectful and um, you end up winning in the long run, you know. It's like take that seventy-two hour rule. Like, just take a minute, chill, think about this, you know, because this next move could change the course of your life or career. And a lot of times, you realize those people are just hurt, you know, and they don't know how to express it. Sometimes love is expressed in a form of hate, and you have to be analytical enough to differentiate the two. And yeah, man. that comes with time, man. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm an old man. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I just I'm, think it's also about mastering your negative emotions, you know, and because that honestly, that's the drive to everybody in life is their emotions. Yeah. It's not their, their, their emotions is based off of thought, you know, thoughts, every emotion is, is a thought behind it. You don't just have an emotion because you have it. You thought about something. Right. Oh my God, we free. We get to go to the gyms tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> but I had to have the thought first because thoughts become things. So when you can kind of control those emotions and understand them and be at peace and have compassion for yourself and not get so stressed out or angry if someone does something that disrespects you, because I believe everything in life that happens to us, right, is Mm -hmm. a reflection of us in some way, form or manner based on our thoughts, our beliefs, our attitudes in or our perceptions and view of the world. Yeah. I don't think uh, a person who is living a positive, joyful, happy, uh, phenomenal experience is going to attract someone who's trying to hurt him. He's not even on that frequency unless he has some fear in there about someone hurting him. So, and Mm. that all goes back to being responsible for all of you, your thoughts, your processing, um, how you were raised, your your post-traumatic drama, <laughs> yeah. trauma, uh, yeah. your, your, your belief systems, uh, your perceptions, your thoughts yeah. of yourself. But you know what? It's a lot of work, and we're not programmed or conditioned to understand that line of work. So it works us. And those emotions right. take control of us, and those emotions run our world and our life. Yeah, yeah, man, so, it becomes a a a, vis, a a vicious cycle or a pattern. You know, you just go on and you just run in circles with the same same pattern. And sometimes, you know, at some point you got to break. And sometimes something traumatic does have to happen. I mean, for like the world, this is kind of like a wake up call, right? Yeah. This is something traumatic that everybody can relate to, and it's how you respond to it. Are you going to be in the streets protesting because you're mad you can't go back to work, or you want to find an alternative? You know, um, are you going to now focus on your health and take this time to connect with family? And uh, for me, uh, like I was telling you 
before, you know, my, my mom passing, my mom passed like two years ago. And oh, for wow. me, that was like my breaking point. It was, it was a big wake up call that, um, one, you know, my life will one day come to an end too. And somebody that I love, you know, so much is now leaving me. What, what do I do? Cause a lot of my inspiration was from her. It's like, it's the cliche where like, you know, you want to buy your mama a house, right? Like yeah, if you, yeah, when yeah. you make it and everything was like, yeah, cause I don't have kids, you know? So I'm like, I'm gonna get my mama this. I'm gonna get, and then it became about me like, all right, well now what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now you have to focus on you. What do you want out of life? What are, what are your goals? And yeah. um, what, you know, what, putting everything into perspective. Um, and I just turned 30. So I really like, you know, when you hit them decades, it starts clicking anyway. You become wiser. So all at once, I was forced to, like, wake up. Yeah. I mean, there's a book by uh, Edhart Tolle, and it's uh, uh, A New Earth, Awaking Your New Life Purpose. You break, sometimes you... traumatic. E. Can you hear me? You breaking up a little bit. Do you have your, um, is it is it on Wi-Fi or regular? Or no, I'm on Wi-Fi. Okay. I don't know. It's breaking up a little bit. You keep going. I just. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the book I was saying was uh, Awaken Your New Life Purpose, A New Earth. And sometimes we need traumatic events uh, and devastating tragedies to happen for us to wake up. Um, I want to ask you a question, though. With the passing of your mom, how do you deal with that? And how did you deal with that in the moment? I have a client who lost her mom and dad at a young age, and she just a few days ago lost her dog that her mom bought her before wow. she passed. So wow. she was saying that's the only connection she has to her parents. Wow. So I don't um, know if you have any advice or any way, the way you, your process, how did you get over you, you, the situation with your mom or what did you yeah, do in those yeah. grieving moments or times? Yeah. Um, so I had just got promoted at my new job and she got sick as soon as that happened. So it was like pressure from work to like, you know, be there. And then I had to be back and forth at the hospital um, every day and dealing with doctors. And I was a power attorney. So I had to like, you know, make a lot of decisions. And um, to be honest, I kind of was like, I was, I was smoking a lot, to be honest. I was like using, you know, I was, I was Stop just smoking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be, to kind of numb myself in the moment because it was so much. It just felt so overwhelming that I felt like one one thing was going to break. I either was going to quit my job, and then I was, I was like low key. I didn't have a place to live at the time, really. Like I was yeah. staying with my cousin, and uh -huh. um, when she passed, I got approved for an apartment like three days after, wow. which I think was her. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <better> believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and at that time, I still was like numbing myself and, and partying. And, um, you know, I felt grateful, but like I couldn't, 
I just recently started dealing with it and going through therapy and understanding um, how that trauma affected me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a process, man. It's a real process because I deal with a lot of regret of, like, she wanted to go out to eat uh, before she got sick and, like, I did something. Now I was like, oh, we could do it next week. Like, she was fine. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, we could do that next week. And now, you know, I think about that like, damn, that could have been our last time, you know, going out. Yeah. Um, luckily, we got to see Black Panther together with my brother. And then I had taken out her. She's a Scorpio. So I had taken out for her birthday um, a couple months prior. But like, yeah, man, it, you know, that's a great question. I, I didn't deal with it. I kind of checked out because I just felt like I couldn't handle it emotionally. Yeah. And if I was going to make... Uh, logical decisions uh, with her life in my hands at the time. You know, it was, it was a lot of, she has to get a blood transfusion. She got to do this, do that. And I'm having to talk to doctors and be like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's it. Like thinking that, you know, she was still going to live. Like I didn't even know she was going to die. Mm. But, like, so it wasn't months. even certain that that was going to happen. No. Initially, wow. they couldn't even tell me what was wrong for the first two months which you can imagine is very frustrating. They yeah. they were running all kinds of tests. And I'm like, I know something's wrong. And she ended up having a really rare disease. It was like one in a million. So it was mm -hmm. only one place they could take the test. They took the test. And then that last month, we knew she was going to pass. So, and she stopped being able to speak. Oh, I'm going to tell you something deep, actually. This is when it hit me. Um, Initially, she, you know, she could talk and she would, you know, we say, I love you. And I recorded her and stuff. Then she started going in and out. So you didn't know what was, you know, one day I would come to the hospital and she wouldn't talk. The next day she could talk. She, my, the doctor called me at work and I just happened to be on my lunch break. And she's like, look, your mom can talk right now you know this is one of the rare moments so i just want i i just want to give you the phone so you can talk to her and this never happened like it was just random to me and i talked to my mom and she's like i want you to know that i'm okay and i'm leaving the hospital today and i was like what and she was like yeah i'm fine i'm leaving the hospital you know i don't want you to worry about me it's okay and the doctor was arguing with her she was like we're not we're not releasing you today. Like, what are you talking about? You're, you're at UCLA Medical Center. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no. She was like, I'm leaving today. After that day, she couldn't talk. From that day on, she was basically like in a vegetable state. And it, it messed me up later, you know? But it was like she was telling you something without telling you. Yes. Yes, Like, man. I can't talk. I'm, I'm not going to be able to process and communicate anymore. Yep. Damn, that's powerful. Yeah, yep. and um, and in retrospect, of course, I look back and I was like, God damn, she was telling me that she was going to be transitioning into yeah. spiritual form, and um, yeah, man. So, you know, uh, that's been a big lesson for me. I'm learning how yeah. to process that trauma, and it's it's work, man. It's working out um, with my diet. Uh, meditating, uh, I chant a lot. I practice, practice SGI Buddhism, so we chant a lot. Um, 
and and creating. Creating has helped me. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you the long man, answer, but it's no it, man. <laughs> I didn't this, expect that. You know, like sometimes as men, we don't really get to be as open or expressive in our emotions or our really deep thoughts and yeah. feelings. So a lot of times we don't understand because I didn't understand until I understood is yeah. that when you're talking, you're healing. Mm. Right? So when I when someone asks you a question that might trigger a certain emotional response, yeah. That 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 response and that energy of that response opens you up to heal that wound that's based in that area because of what's being said and how you're now and if you're coming out and it's, you're fighting it yeah you, the wound is just going to close but if you're if you're kind of like taking your time and having more compassion and kind of thinking it through you're really like healing that wound and letting it out without yeah. even you knowing because what do you do when you go to a therapist you just talk <laughs> yeah absolutely that's, <laughs> this is that's therapy what, yeah, right. <laughs> conversations rule yeah. a nation, and I think as people, we don't know how to communicate anymore, and or never, or maybe we never learned how to in a more open, vulnerable way, where we can say, you know what, this is my struggle, this is my story, this is how I feel, these are my thoughts. Not can you help me? Maybe if I tell you this, maybe to change or shift something within you, and then yeah. maybe you'll get a revelation of something and yeah. you know it's just you know you just really never know how god is working and everything serves a purpose so yeah. thank you for sharing that and being open and vulnerable Absolutely, i appreciate man. that man uh, much love Absolutely. man that's power right there you know so, man. on I the podcast that. yeah on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> quarantine man. Damn, I don't even uh, know what I'm saying that. You, <laughs> this is, you hey, man, it's miracle that. season. Because yeah, <laughs> I really but, had a real question. My client literally called me three yeah. or four days ago crying. Wow, Eric, I don't man. know what to do. I'm stuck. Why do people so close to me keep leaving me? Yeah. So I did just kind of like give her something different to think about. And, uh, and I told her, I said, man, do what you can, but allow those things to come through fill it out don't don't suppress it because it's real because yeah. the thing about it is there's perspective and pain even though we don't want to go through it because like you just helped me understand somebody else's situation not the same but i can probably relate in this in a sense like okay well maybe a person that's the first thing they do they numb themselves yeah if it's if that's what they want that's an option let's say right but at the same time, you're still dealing with it right now. So it might not. It might take time for people to get over someone's death that's that close. Everybody's honestly, different, you know. Yeah, honestly, I think every. I think you don't get over it. You learn how to live with it. You learn how to okay. manage it. I it's think you should write like, that. That should be a quote. With death, you say. Yeah. I don't know what you just said, but that's just like. A but you you learn how to moment. live with it. You yeah. learn how to live with it. You don't get over sure. it, but you learn how to live with it. Absolutely. That's, that's dope. I like that. Um, and yeah, it's a process it. like anything else, man. But, you know, um, how, do you, how do you process uh, trauma and, um, you know, battle? I mean, it's, it's so much uh, in, 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 in the Black community specifically, uh, mental, talking about mental awareness 
was kind of taboo for a long time. Yeah. And as men, too, we talk about that, how we're not, it's not cool to talk about your feelings and be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you, um, how do you manage that? And what gave you the confidence to speak out, man? I mean, you know, you just get older, man, and you get epiphanies, you get spiritual awakenings, and and you start understanding that the stuff you thought was bad was really good. The stuff you thought was really good is really bad. And then Sorry. some things are just neutral, don't really have a good or bad. So I've been doing work on myself for years. It's not like I just showed up like, hi, oh, guys, I'm going to be free, vulnerable, and open. I'm going to tell you everything. But honestly, the show helped with that, you know, because the show put me in a position where I had to be open. I had to talk uh-huh. about finding love and being with someone. I had to talk about family and upbringing and how I was raised. Yeah. Uh, what was my life like? You know, for most of my life, I didn't know I had it bad coming up because I had friends down the way who had it worse. Yeah, speak so, on it. So yeah. I didn't live in the projects, but I lived around the projects. I used to go to the projects and hang out with my homies. My mom was a single mom. I lived with my grandmother. You know, we we ordered carry out every night. I didn't have, you know, so yeah. I've never seen my mom and dad together. That. But like I said, I had friends and people I was close to who had it worse. So is my life yeah. really bad? I mean, even right. Circumstances were. But yeah. uh, I just think I was so curious. Like, for me, I got tired of being in the same place. Like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Why, I'm, why is my life not changing? Why? Yeah. Why? Like, come on. Like, I need answers. So I just started going deep within. Praying, yeah. meditating, asking questions. Like, yo, what do I need to do? Okay, that's what I need to do. Okay, I'm doing it. Oh, really? Oh, you're right. I mean, I was going back, healing from past uh, situations, apologizing to people. You yeah. know, just so much work that I didn't even know I had to do. And yeah. with, with time, things just started opening up. Those wounds was getting healed. Um, and life was coming my way. Because change happens in yeah. an instant. People think you right. got to work all these long hours and years to get a No, it happens like this. When you can shift your paradigm, boom, you're like, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Change happens like, boom. you like, damn. Then you get your miracle. Like, hey! <laughs> you know, but people... We overanalyze or we put so many thoughts and uh, our views on something based on how we see it. Like I had a friend who ran the Olympics and he said, you know, why do people think if they train hard, they train long, if they eat healthy, they don't go out and they just, they're going to make it. It's like, that's not really how you make it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, that's not how you make it. Like this doesn't, he'll, he'll point out a kid on the track and he's like, he think he really going to make it. But he's like, that's that's not the that's not the that's not the plan to make it. Not saying yeah. his plan was wrong when he could see his energy. Right. Like he's like he's way off. Right. And or he'll say something, why don't people think they can have a better job than Starbucks? Well, why do people not to knock people who work at Starbucks? Let's be clear. Right. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> right, no, no no defense. But what I realized sure. is that the question challenged me to think, like, damn, you know what? Yeah. People have an imposter syndrome because where I come from, if you don't have a college degree, you do feel like you can't apply or go after certain jobs. Yeah, that's real. You know? What up, what up? 
You know, that's like right. that's that's the truth. That's not something. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, you're right. You can have a different and better job if you want it, but if you don't think, right? Yeah. It's all in the mind. Yeah. And it might not happen. Yeah. So, you know, he was looking at it from a different way because he lived the high life. He was Olympian. He traveled the world and he made a lot of money. Yeah. And he made a lot of mistakes as well. But it was a different perspective that I needed to look from because the funny thing is he wanted my life and I wanted his life. He just wanted to be a normal, average person who just had a regular life. Well, yeah. I'm like, no, I want to live the high life. I'm tired of this normal, regular life. I want to live good. <laughs> but he didn't grow up. He didn't go on vacation with friends. He didn't have friends uh, that he could hang out with. He was training his body and his mind his entire life to be an Olympian. He yes. never felt like he was a kid or could be a person. He's never been a Coachella or a concert. Never had the chance. Yeah. So a lot of times we look at people and think, oh, man. They know people looking at you like, oh man, right? right. <laughs> you want to switch? Yeah. And then that's I realized, you, that, you know, you just never know. It's all relative. Yeah. yeah, man, that's so true. And I'm glad you spoke on that. Like, that's why you should never envy somebody else's yeah. path because you don't know what they went through to get there. You don't know what they're going through. And it's so funny, man. I, I was talking to um, one of my one of my close friends, and he he's a millionaire, yeah. and I look at him and I'm like, yo, um, like I would want that. Like we we talk about each other's problems. It's funny, like talking to a millionaire and then him <laughs> hearing <laughs> from their perspective. And he's like, yo, yeah, I got a couple mil, but I know somebody that got 50. So now he's looking at him like he's the he's like, no, I want that. And I'm looking like, no, I want that. Like I'd be cool with just a mil. Like it's never enough when you do that. You know, you're yeah. always looking yeah. at, and it's a never-ending cycle. You'll yeah. never be content. So yeah. that's why you shouldn't ever, um, you shouldn't ever, you know, envy somebody else's path. Never um, should and, you ever. Know, Just be yourself. You, you have know. your own journey. We're born at Absolutely. different days, at different times, for different reasons and purposes, from different Absolutely. people. <laughs> Everybody's Absolutely. Everybody's experience is going to be different, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and that's real talk. We coming up on one minute. Um, yeah. so we could come back and have some closing words or we can shut it out after this. It's 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 whatever. It's up to you, man. You can close it out. Me? I mean, For I don't sure. want to give him more than I think this was solid. I mean this honestly. is solid. No, this is really, really been this solid, was, man. This was fire. I gotta get that download, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure. Put well, it on your I, I got you, we're gonna send you. Yeah, you just send me the link. Where, you send me the uh, link when you upload it on your podcast. Absolutely, I'll do both, and this is save automatically to IGTV now. It's a new thing. Well, as you saw, you just did a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah, that because yeah, yeah. before I had to screen record it and cut it up, but yeah. uh, once again, Eric Bigger, um, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I feel like we're boys now, so I call you Eric. Or yeah, e. there we go. Call me E, baby. So hello. Um, and I mean, I couldn't ask for a better, uh, better convo with the people and, uh, thanks for everybody coming in and joining any closing words you want to say, man, man, keep the faith strong. It's miracle season. Be resilient, authentic, and willing. Absolutely. Take your, take your power back and, uh, be yourself. Life Thank is good. Life is good. And here we are.